0: back to Get Outside With Kids, the podcast where we inspire you to have more awesome memories outside with your family. And one of the ways we do that is by being real with you about the realities of getting outside with kids, the realities of having kids in general. And Jen, tonight you've been in the wars. How was your head? Tell us what (laughs) happened. (laughs) (laughs)
1: this one's not related to getting outside hilariously enough. Um, I think we mentioned earlier on the podcast, we did get a Tesla earlier this year. Third Um, child. You had a third child. Basically the third, not for me, for my husband specifically. Uh, And while I love everything about the Tesla, the one thing I don't love about the Tesla is the trunk. It doesn't like pop up the way a a regular kind of trunk has that, like, you know, you, you click the unlatch button and it like pops all the way up. A Tesla trunk has this like slow release and you have to like physically push it up. I'm doing the motions here, which obviously I don't know how these are translating to to audio-only version. And it was that classic, Kate, you know, and I was like, you know, it's about 3.15. Oh, you know, why don't I go pick up the kids a bit early today from like, you know, after school care and we could go play outside, go to the park or go do something. It was, you know- Get outside it, with your kids. Okay, get outside with kids. And so I let, like, lo and behold, who get the kids. Get in from, uh, you know, the pickup and whatnot and- my older son had opened the trunk to grab his backpack out. I said, Hey, bring your backpack upstairs. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get organized to go inside. And because the trunk doesn't pop all the way up, I had bent down to plug in the car yeah. as one does. And because I bent down at this weird angle to plug in, and then, you know, full strength whipped my head back up and directly smashed it onto the trunk as hard as you possibly can. Um we did not spend any time outside. We to stay. <laughs> we narrowly avoided uh, the hospital, which I am glad. I did not end up needing stitches. It was borderline there for a while as we assessed how much blood was coming out of my head. Um, so no, unfortunately, my my well-intentioned uh, let's let's pick up the kids early to go outside to the park became a mom needs to lie down in the dark. Please get your father immediately. Um, and I apologize for all of the uh, the expletives that my children uh, heard from my mouth as I like my head. and so, yeah. Yep. Something like that, Kate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you heard, listen, we did a little mini epic fail in the summer, which was also about an injury to me that didn't stop me from going outside with my kids and should have. So, you made the right decision because sometimes when you've injured yourself and you're bleeding from the head, it's a good idea not to go outside with your kids. Which brings us to today's episode, which is talking about epic fails from the summer. Um, and like we say, we like to be honest about how difficult it can be sometimes going to start out today, Jen, with a story that is, involves a pretty sad and pretty pretty horrific um, situation, but it happened to us. So, anyway, here, here's how it goes. We decided, potentially against our better judgment, that we wanted to do a gigantic massive overnight hike with our kids. I remember when I told you that we were going to do this to Garibaldi
1: Lake. <laughs> Garibaldi Lake, you were like, what, with the kids? Like, well, and I was, and then I was like, like both of them, because your youngest at this point wasn't even four years old <laughs> at this point. So, I think for our listeners who you know aren't familiar with Garibaldi Lake, um, it's a nine-kilometer hike into the lake. Nine kilometers one way, eighteen kilometers total <laughs> for a three and a half-year-old and a six-year-old to be completing at that time. So, a, de- yeah, like a decent we hike going as an to- adult.
0: Taylor Meadows. It's only seven and a half Ks, but it is like a kilometer of elevation gain straight up. Anyway, we knew it was going to be a bit of a slog. So we thought, you know what, Jen? When's the best time to get outside with your kids for a big hike? First thing in the morning. We'll go as early as we can, right? We'll bring all the snacks. So we pull up to the trailhead. It's a very busy trailhead. And there's a lot of people going up there. Um, and we're like, gosh, it's it's really busy though. Like there's a lot of cars kind of milling around, there's a lot of people standing around. And we're like, and what's that? Is, that? is that an ambulance? Is that a police car? Why would they be at the trailhead? And we kind of walked up. We packed all our gear up. The kids were, we were so pumped because we'd been talking the kids up about it. Like Here we go, here we go, here we go. And realized that all the people were just sort of milling around, like maybe 50, 60, maybe even 70 people just stopped on the trailhead in front of us. Nobody was starting up the trail. I went up to somebody and said, what's going on? And they said, there's been some kind of incident on the trail. And, I mean, when you don't really know any details, you're like, well, can't we just keep on going up? I don't understand why not. And somebody said there's been some kind of some kind of incident up on the trail. And so, we're doing what you can to, you know, entertain the kids while they stand still. We're trying not to crack open the snaps because we knew we probably had, like, hours of hiking ahead of us to get up to the campsite. And as we were standing there, we saw two paramedics come down and they were taking all their gear and they were coming back down the trail. And so, everyone was like, okay, great. Well, whatever it is, that person's been all fixed up and now we'll be able to get going. And so, shortly after that, people started to say, oh, the trail's open, the trail's open. So, people started to go up the trail and because there was a lot of people, it was like kind of like back-to-back traffic jam going up there. And the, the incident that everyone had talked about was only about 100 meters up the trail. We had no idea what to expect. But as we got up there, a paramedic came down to us and said, oh, excuse me, and he saw we had little kids. And he said, look, there's been a situation up here. I just need to warn you because you've got small children. You know, we've had a very serious incident up here and um, the person has actually passed away and we wanted to warn you because your children are coming up here and we want you to be able to shield them from, from looking at, at this situation we've got sheets up we're going to cover everything up but the person is has has passed away right there on the trail i don't know why jen they didn't actually close the entire frickin' trail down because that is the most serious incident you think that could happen and instead they let like 70 or 100 people come filing past including with like Family members around. It was so bad, and this paramedic said to us, "You want to pick your kids up as you go past here, and you'll want to distract them to look away at something else." Of like, of course, okay. So I pick up my three and a half year old, and you know she's not not like a lightweight child. And my husband picks up our six year old, and we're all kind of filing past this very narrow trail. There's there's not a lot of space, and there's a big sheet being hung up, and everybody's like, "This is so full on," and. Also, at the same time, selfishly, I'm like, we're walking directly uphill and I'm carrying my overnight pack and my child and we can't stop because we have to keep on moving. So, we had to keep on. I was sweating buckets. I was, it was awkward. It was so unpleasant because we're like these poor people who have had this, like the worst day of their life and they've got 50 people walking past them. Eventually, we get past and we're able to put the kids down and be like, my legs are burning. The kids were like, what's going on back there? What's going on? And, and I mean, bless them. Thankfully, they didn't know what had happened. They didn't pick up on anything that had been said. They didn't really understand the magnitude of it, like all the adults did around us. But it was, I think you might say it's probably the worst start to a hike you could ever imagine. And it made, it put the whole, we were actually like the whole thing kind of fell off for like the first maybe hour or two. We're just like, that was just What a situation, Jen. Have you ever seen anything like that on a trail?
1: Oh, no. I mean... It does kind of bring to light some of the the seriousness of hiking in the outdoors. You know, I know often we kind of, I shouldn't say we gloss over those things, but we maybe take for granted um, our ability and our physical capabilities getting outside because every year, I mean, here in Vancouver, where we are, we know our search and rescue teams are responding to dozens, hundreds of calls. In fact, um, in fact you just had a friend who had a pretty serious uh, fall on a trail just last week and broke her ankle. I mean, luckily, uh, you know, not quite as serious um, as the other incident Uh, but things can happen on a trail when you're out hiking whether it's uh maybe a pre-existing condition or a really bad slip and fall like things do unfortunately happen and and thankfully i don't think that many people have quite as serious as incident but you, you never know what you can expect and all we can do is really be prepared
0: yeah and i think like like when you go hiking with kids you really try and prepare for everything I can honestly say that is not a situation <laughs> I've thought about preparing for and like so much condolence, so many condolences to that family or the friends who are there and just the most horrific situation. I do kind of wish they'd closed the trail. I wish they hadn't made us all go past like that. Um, it would have been disappointing to miss out on the hike, but maybe it would have spared those people. Having said that, we did get through that section. My legs were on absolute f- fire and I was like I could barely breathe I was like because <laughs> my backpack was heavy my kid was heavy we'd had to carry them for like a few hundred meters to get past this area um and my leg I felt like my legs already shot and we were like zero kilometers or a couple of hundred meters into a multi-kilometer hike straight uphill so anyway things got better but uh what a start to a hike and, and something I never ever want to repeat and uh so much um, goodwill and so much love for, and strength for all those families and also the search and rescue team and the police who have to
1: respond to these things and uh, who do such a great job. Yeah. A really good reminder here for anybody in the Vancouver area as well, that calling search and rescue is free. It is always free. There is no charge. Uh, so just like calling 911 here, if you're in a situation in the backcountry that uh, you need some help, please do not hesitate to call. Um, our search and rescue teams are always really great about saying like, call sooner than you think, you know, it's better that mm-hmm. they get uh, your message and your team uh, before it gets dark. Um, so that an incident can be responded to sooner. So if, certainly if you're in our area, always remember that search and rescue services are, graciously uh funded by donations and by um by other funders in the province
0: i guess the rest of that hike turned out to be more typical of what we'd expect from our standard epic fails you know like didn't pack quite enough gummy bears didn't have quite enough snacks to entice the kids on the way down the way up we we survived it was hard the way down though jen it was <laughs> i like say. say. It wasn't actually 9Ks, it was actually 11Ks on the second day. And coming down off of, you know, we decided to hike over and see the lake from our campsite and then hike down. And when I think about that hike down, It got a little rough because we ran out of gummy bears. We ran out of pretty much every snack we had. Whenever you're thinking of going hiking with kids, you know, if you listen to our show that we always say pack like 10,000 more things than you think. And we didn't follow our own. We didn't even follow my own advice. And on the way down four kilometers from the trailhead, our three-year-old just stopped. And she was just done. And actually I was talking to um Shannon from Restless Crusade. I was messaging her afterwards. And she was telling me that she'd realized on a hike recently that one of her kids, when they were going downhill consistently, their toes were banging into the front of their mm. boots. Oh
1: yeah. That's and the it's worst. Not,
0: it's not something a kid can easily describe. Like they're like, my feet hurt." It's Like, well, come on, that's what hiking is. But anyway, I don't know if what was going on with our three-year-old, but my husband had to carry her for four kilometers four in kilometers. addition to probably taking two-thirds of the weight in his backpack. Um, and by the end, I was shot. I was like so exhausted. And you know what, Jen? It took me days, days to recover oh, from that high. I don't
1: <laughs> doubt it. I don't doubt it. I, I mean, I have done that trail many times. And the last four Ks are just relentless switchbacks. Like there's not really, I mean, you're in nature, but it's not super scenic at that point. It's basically just switchback, switchback, switchback. And as you, you're at the top looking down and you can see the like 100 switchbacks you still have to complete. And you're like, oh no, like, like, you know how far it is. Like you can see it and it is not pleasant. So, I mean, in a way, I know there were some big fails at the start of that. I think it's a huge win that it was completed at all and you didn't have to <laughs> turn around completely. search and was, rescue. It was close. It felt like that was a close, uh, a close, complete almost fail to the hike. <laughs>
0: we we're pretty close to not being able to go on the hike at all. So, you know, grateful we could make it. But wow, I needed some rest and we did not do any more big hikes like that for the rest of the season.
1: No, no, that is enough. Uh, that is enough. Uh, Well, maybe transitioning to some more kind of outdoor times here. Um, This is kind of an interesting story. I don't know if it's a a fail or if it's a win. And maybe our listeners can kind of listen in, if you will, on this one. Um, We had a camping trip up to Birkenhead Provincial Park, which is about a four-hour drive from us. So it's a pretty substantial drive, although I would say fairly scenic. It's a drive we enjoy. Um, and typically, it's a place we try and go to for you know a three-night stay, let's say. Um, maybe, maybe two nights, but particularly three nights because it it's a bit of a drive. Um, and this trip we had, I want to say we only had two nights booked, but maybe we had three. Let's say we had three nights booked. Let's just roll with it for now. Um, and we were going up in the morning. So we drove up in the morning, actually great drive up there. And we were meeting some other friends up there. And that was fantastic. So we had like a very long first day. And then have you ever had a point on your trip where... I felt like my husband and I on the afternoon of the second day, you know, we'd already had our friends come and and, all the activities we kind of had planned were kind of complete and then that the next day was just going to be like a chill day at the campground. And we kind of made this eye contact and we kind of were like, but what if we just packed up now and drove home? (laughs) instead. <laughs> you know what I think sometimes at a camping trip, you're like, well, we did all the fun things we came to do. We saw the people we came to see. We didn't have a great night's sleep the night before. And so at this point, we've had two full days at the campsite. But if we left, you know, we're doing the math at this point. And one of the tipping points for us is we had realized it was uh, Craig works in Whistler and we would be driving home um, in peak traffic the next day with a lot of people leaving Whistler on a really, really busy Sunday afternoon. We were like, or we could leave Saturday night at like 6 p.m. and get Mm -hmm. home super late, but it'd be an easier drive. Um, And so we did. We packed up in like record time, you know, uh, packed up the camp, put the kids in the car, them in their pajamas and just drove home. So I think we had these people next to us who were really lovely at the campground and they were like set up. They had this amazing, um, like, you know, the kids, you know, the rope course, I think we talked about that one, you can hook up so cool. Um, And they were there for like four or five nights. And we were like, yeah, isn't it great to come here and get away for three, four days. And then day two, we're like, goodbye. <laughs> See you later. We're out
0: of here. We, I think we mentioned this in our last epic fail. We've We've done that too and it was, again, when the, the beach site that um, we had planned to be out all day was actually flooded because the lake we were staying at was super full and it was like, yeah, well, there's nothing left to do here. We already did, there's nowhere to hang out. We've already done it all. It's hard when you're getting home late, but waking up in your own beds the next day when you've had a night of bad sleep at a tent is so good. And this is us talking. We have a whole podcast about getting outside. With kids. I know. I mean, and maybe that's like it so good
1: to wake up in your own bed. <laughs> I know. I felt like such like such a fraud. Like here I am, like <laughs> being outside is the best. And then to my husband, like, or we could go back now and be inside. <laughs> later. <laughs> and so I, I guess I want to say it's like, you know, again, listeners and you decide if that's a win or a fail. But I think sometimes there comes a moment in your trip where you're like, we've done all the fun we wanted to have. We saw the people we, we got to see and, you know, we could stay and have another great day outside tomorrow, but I knew it was going to be paired with a really crappy drive home. Um, oh, and drive I knew that- can be so uh, bad. You can just be stopped. No way, exactly. nothing. And we drove home and I mean, from Pemberton to our house- We drove all the way home. We stopped in Squamish for some pee, some food, and to charge the car. And we got home in four hours on the dot. Like Mm. we made record time. And so when I considered that against, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be six hours drive home if we get stuck in traffic tomorrow." There was that weight off of like, "Yeah, we'll have a bit more outside time in the morning, but then we're going to spend six middle hours of the day in the car." Mm -hmm. Versus if we leave now, you know, we're not. You know, we're kind of at the end of our night. We've had supper here. We can just kind of hop in the car where the kids did fall asleep before we got home and then very peaceful. So, it's kind of of a mix that one.
0: (laughs) So, the next one I wanted to share, I don't know if I told you about this, Jen, but it actually didn't happen on my watch. I'll tell you why. So, (laughs) I was outside in like in front of our our house with a bunch of our neighbors and our kids play on like a little laneway there. So, we were outside playing and my six-year-old had been Saying to me something about wanting to try a cartwheel. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. I said, I don't think that's a good idea. We'll do it on the grass later. I'll take you up to the grass. Didn't give it a second thought. I was out there with my two kids and I had to come inside and I think I wanted to put the oven on or something. And so I said to one of my neighbors, and I'm not saying this to get him in trouble, but I said to him, hey, can you watch my kids? I'm just going to pop inside for a tick. He goes, of course, no problem. I came inside and I'm not kidding you, Jen. It was like 24 seconds later, I hear this absolute screaming, screaming noise. And I was like, that's my kid. Like, you know, your kids scream. So I turned straight around and go back outside (laughs) to find that my kid who wanted to do a cartwheel had indeed attempted to do a cartwheel. The problem is she doesn't know how to do a cartwheel and she did a cartwheel like and landed face first on the road. And there oh, was that like not good. blood all down the side of her face. And I was like, and she was screaming. <laughs> our other na- There was a lot of people outside and one of my other neighbors had kindly like tried to give her a cuddle and kind of, bring her into me. I kind of glanced down at our neighbor and I was like, hey, like what the hell? And he was like, <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I just, yes, I swear. I was just going over to ask, you know, uh, what she wanted to play. And she started doing this cartwheel. I'm like, Sure. Okay. So anyway, um, she did. <laughs> don't leave your kids with that name. But no, I'm kidding. He's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> He's wonderful. It was just incredibly bad luck, and she had a pretty full on. I think you were away at the time, Jen. She had a pretty full on graze all down the side Ooh. of her eye. It looked like hardcore. <laughs> Anyway, little fail, but uh, learnt my lesson there about when your kid says they want to do a cartwheel on a hard surface, get them off that hard surface because whether or not they you say they can, they will try it. So anyway, grass next time.
1: Yeah. Uh, one more fail for me. And this was, I don't know if it's an outdoor fail, but it's definitely a summertime fail. Um, and I think we talked about this earlier on the podcast, Kate, about just like the schedule of summer. Uh, for us, this was, this was our first summer uh, with school-aged children. So in previous summers, both Kate and I have had daycare. Um, and the advantage of daycare is it's just consistent, whether it's week in July or week in February, daycare is the same. Um, you know, if you're going to a daycare, it's just it just runs on a 12-month system. School, spoiler alert, guys, school ends in June and there is nothing else until September. So like for real.
0: How did we I just did not see it coming. And you probably think we're joking when I say that. But I'm like, I really didn't think about how hard summer would be. Cause I was like, summer camps. Right? Are summer camps the answer, Jen?
1: I mean, they are and they aren't. So, what we have learned, and again, we're here in the province of British Columbia. So, I would love to hear about other people in other places, both in Canada and around the world. Um, Camps in British Columbia, most of them do not run. Longer than nine to three, so a lot of these camps operate on kind of this school hour system. Um, now, for for many parents, that may be enough coverage. Uh, but if you are a parent with you know, I want to say this nine to five kind of schedule, and maybe you have to commute some days of the week, like having six hours of camp just doesn't cover a full workday. Um, not even I was close. Really,
0: because you're yeah, like, not even close unless you live. Ten seconds from there, you're not getting back to your desk until like ten past quarter past nine, and then you've got to leave again at two forty five. I'm like, I I just blows my mind that this is the system that people have come up with.
1: And then, as we were chatting it through, oh, so the second point of summer camps is you must book them very far in advance, especially if there are, you know, what I want to say, specialty camps or more unique camps. Uh, Depending on the really expensive
0: ones that you drop a lot of money on, and they still don't watch your kids till five. But anyway, yeah, those ones. Then you're
1: trying to coordinate with friends. You know, we're trying to give the kids a great summer experience. In fact, we did an the one camp we did that I really liked was the outdoors camp. Spoiler alert: the whole camp was outside, but it was also only nine to three. Again, another. Only nine to three camp. Um, now, as we were going through it, you know, in my head, I was like, there's eight weeks of summer, and I have eight weeks of camp books, you know, plus we had some holiday weeks in there, but I had eight weeks of, of care covered. And then I remember, Kate, we wrote, we were out one night, and you're like, yeah, because summer's nine weeks. And I was like, nine weeks. And I, <gasps> I feel like I had this math go in my head, and I was like, oh my God. And I had this moment where I was like, I have missed a week of camp, like it was the week before. And I was like, we don't have camp booked for next week. Like I have actually forgotten. I have somehow missed in my calendar of planning an entire week of camp Um, and a week I really needed coverage for. I mean, both by myself and my husband, we both work full time. Um, I was very fortunate. I did find a week I spent like 30 minutes in panic mode at 7am. And and luckily some of the camps must, someone must have had a cancellation because I don't know how I got a spot in. But uh, the summer camp thing, it is crazy. Uh, just, I think this week I messaged, I think our moms group again because I again I was looking at Christmas coverage, and again we were just looking at our schedules, and I was like, oh, the Christmas camp that I wanted, it already sold out, Kate. It sold out the first week of September. So before our school started, oh no, it was
0: before September. It, oh, it was in August, July actually. Yeah,
1: oh, it was in July. Perfect. So because in July I wasn't thinking ahead to Christmas time care coverage, I already missed out on. The one camp I was going to look at. So we will have to come up with something else now. So, spoiler alert, by the time you're listening to this episode, you should probably start thinking about summer 2025 camp just to be ahead of things.
0: Yeah, for real. Like, we have to book in December. <laughs> like, there was one camp we're looking at for, you know, say a week in July, and it opens for booking in December. So, it is bananas, and I feel like <clears throat> the entire summer was kind of a fail because we I didn't feel like it was impossible to work solid hours all in a row like you normally do in a wa- working week. We want to round this out with a nice win. You know, we had some pretty heavy fails here. Some of them were very serious and uh, situations we never thought would happen. Some of them we've learned a little bit. Hopefully you've learned from us. But the one big takeaway we've had from this summer was an epic win, I would say. Um, You might remember back in in winter, we talked about uh, that we had been going one night a week up to a ski resort to go night skiing, just mums, a couple of mum friends, and how amazing that was. And we kind of took that idea, me and Jen and a couple other mums we know, and brought it into summer with like, we've got these beautiful long evenings. What if we went for like an hour and a half hike on like a Wednesday night? And we did. And it was amazing. And actually, Jen- the story that uh, sticks out to me from this of, you know, we had all these beautiful golden nights. We had beautiful views. We had, like, lovely oceanside you know, adventures. As amazing as those hikes were, there was some slightly hairy moments on one of those hikes when we encountered a bear with not one, not two, but three cubs literally blocking our exit from the park, uh, which was a little harrowing for a moment, but also really cool i don't want to say like (laughs) oh you should go and try and watch bears and stuff but it was because we should be keeping our distance we respect wildlife etc but it was very cool to see three baby bears in the wild with their mum. so that was felt like that whole idea of you know taking a night out in in the summer to go for a hike felt like such a huge win of this summer
1: yeah i think you know, I think we've talked about this before that, you know, so often, uh, you know, depending on who your group of friends is, if you have a group of moms, it, sometimes you want to default to like, let's have a glass of wine and sit around somewhere. And there are definitely nights you need that, depending on what's going on in your life and, and and the challenges you might be going through. Sometimes that is what's called for. But I think for us, we're lucky to have found a group of women who I'm like, even when I'm going through stuff, I'd rather talk this through while I'm moving my body on a trail. You know, we're still. We decompressed a lot on some of those hikes. I feel like that one hike with your mom, we're talking about our birth trauma that we went through. We were it was getting My very mom. graphic and personal I'm on, on the trail. <laughs> your mom was so sweet. Like we're telling her, like, and then this happened, and then you won't believe the doctor did this yes. there. Like it was uh oh, it was full on. Um, and I, again we've talked about this before that like there's something about hiking where I feel like these stories just come out. So in addition to having that that bonding and that connection time, you know, we're outside, we're so in those long nights, which, you know, in the Northern hemisphere are such a short period of time. Like as we're recording this Kate already, it's been so dark so early. Like I really have noticed that we're like, Oh, it's fall now. Like it is dark a lot earlier. Yes. Um, so I'm really glad we took advantage of, of the log light when it's here because it's just so fleeting in the summer months.
0: Yeah. And the equivalent in fall is like when I message you that I've got a coupon for two for one for Dairy Queen ice creams and we walk over to Dairy Queen. That's the adventure for the fall because there's really nothing else to do in the pouring rain. Anyway, on that, that wraps us up, I think, Jen, for our summer fails. (laughs) Like I said, we've had some pretty heavy ones in here too, but just to let you know that things do not go smoothly. Instagram gives you one impression of how getting outside with kids is, but we know that it's really hard too. We also know sometimes you want to cut your trip short because you're actually just want to sleep in your own bed and that that's that's totally fine but um we hope that if you're in the northern hemisphere you've had an amazing summer maybe you've learned some cool things maybe you had some epic fails we'd love to hear about them uh, you can always send us your epic fail stories actually we'd love to hear them wouldn't we jen um, and oh, you yeah. can find us over on instagram at get outside with kids and we'll be back again next week with another episode of the podcast